One size fits all seems like a good idea for clothes until you try them on. Same goes for healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers flexible, budget friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. Learn more at uh1.com. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number smart beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number limited edition smart bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Hi, this is Billie Jean King. This is Marion Bartoli. I'm Mats Villander. This is Mary Carrillo. I'm Stan Wawrinka. I'm Leighton Hewitt. This is Yannick Noah, and you're listening to The Tennis Podcast. Hello and welcome. It is day three of the Billie Jean King Cup by Gamebridge Finals in Seville and joining us from Seville once again, it's Matt Roberts. Hello, Matt. Hello. Yes, I think I'm about an hour earlier than I was last night, which which does mean that press conferences are still going on and I am sitting in the room next door to the press conference room. So hopefully... Hopefully no noise will bleed through. But if it does, then it may be Magdalenette telling you the spicy secrets of the tennis world, as she keeps promising. Well, hang on. You interviewed Magdalenette a couple of days ago and there was nothing spicy about it. No, it was, in fact, it was so unmemorable. I didn't even mention it. <laughs> <laughs> which, which, which is fine. You can't be exciting in every in- interview. It's just don't promise spicy secrets <laughs> if... If you can't deliver on that, um, David Law is here from Solly Hull. How are you doing, David? Yes. I don't know why I'm introducing you both like you're on blind date, but <laughs> oh. it, it's it's the vibe I've fallen upon. Do, do, you, do you know I once went for an audition for blind date? <laughs> what? <laughs> Screw what? the Billy Jean King Cup. We're doing 45 minutes on this. <laughs> And we probably need to explain I, to people who I'm are so shook. We probably need to explain to people who are older than how old would you need to be in Britain to have seen Blind Date? The one with well, Matt knows what it is. The one with Scylla Black yeah. presenting it. And we also need to be able to explain to anybody who's not from Britain what Blind Date is. Should we start there? It's like an early early incarnation. It, it, it's a dating show. Hmm. Yes. Yes. Like an analog era date, dating show. There were three can there was one one picker, one sort of prized uh, think of the bachelor or the bachelorette. Yes. And there were three potential suitors in each round for <laughs> for each bachelor or bachelorette. Yes. And there'd be a screen between the bachelor or bachelorette and the potential suitors. And uh, the host was Scylla Black, and she would introduce the everybody involved with, hello, what's your name, where do you come from? And uh, then the bachelor or bachelorette would proceed to ask three questions of each of the potential suitors. And 
If you didn't have puns, David, you didn't stand a chance. Was uh, was was my take. And as you know, then, I, I don't they'd like They'd end up puns. choosing. <laughs> the, the screen would come down. They'd be sent off on a a holiday. They'd come back, be interviewed by Cilla Black awkwardly. Uh, I think there were one or two lasting relationships. Anyway. Tell us everything. <laughs> <laughs> I, I really didn't expect the night to be going this direction. In fact, I haven't thought about this audition for probably 25 years. Um, and uh, so hence why you don't know about it. Yes, I, I, I would have been, I guess, about 18, 19, something like that. Um, single. Um, and <laughs> Just as well. A, bli <laughs> a blind date watcher. Um, and I kind of liked the idea of being on the telly. Um, so <laughs> uh, when I saw the op opportunity to go to Birmingham to a hotel to audition for Blind Date, I thought I'd have a go. And off I went. And I got. What did the audition entail? I got through the first round, would you believe? <laughs> Were you a picker or a picky? They didn't really do all that. No, 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 no. It was just a conversation with a producer type whilst we were in a group and uh, I managed to make one or two people laugh and that got me through the first round. The second round didn't go so well, I have to be honest. Um, and uh, I can't believe you're telling this tale on your wife's birthday, David. <laughs> it's like a sliding doors moment. <laughs> yes. Um now the second one was was much more where you had to not just be like yourself. You had to be had to be telly. You had to be a pun. You had you type. had to have the puns. Yeah, and I hadn't thought is, of yeah. any puns. Um, is this why you don't like puns? Is it is it some sort of trauma from from round two of the blind date audition? I don't. I just they just wind me up. You had to have. 80s sexual innuendo puns. Yeah. And it's not it's not really David's not, I mean I didn't know David it back then. It was never me. But it's not David's vibe, is it? No. No. I I am somebody who doesn't like to No, I don't I would never have never have worked in that setting at all. So <laughs> what I was thinking, uh, Lord only knows. Um so anyway, I got rejected from that. And um and here I am on a tennis podcast. And here we instead. are. <laughs> Wow, follow that with your lunch tales, Matt. Yeah. Do you know what? I actually feel very relaxed now because whatever I have to offer to this podcast, it's still going to be a memorable podcast because it will always be the one where <laughs> David talked about his blind date audition. So I think we're off the hook for the need for good content for the next half an hour. David's, David's already provided it. Well, what, what have you got over the next half hour, Matt? I, I I think I would like to start with the fact that we ended last night's podcast with me asking you what to look out for on day three of the Billie Jean King Cup. Eager listeners will have will have been listening, thinking, "Oh, yeah, I'll take I'll take <laughs> Matt's word as gospel." I will look out for Elena Rabakina on day three of the Billie Jean King Cup. Uh, well, they're still looking, Matt, because she was a no show for Kazakhstan's tie against Australia, and it might have cost them. They lost that tie. Uh, two, two, two rubbers to one to Australia. 
Uh, and in spite of that, they are out of the competition. We'll, go, we'll come on to that slightly strange scenario in a moment. But first, the Rebecca of it all, what's happened? So, yes, she did apparently give an interview yesterday to the World Feed where she said that she has a bad back and she blamed that on Cancun and on the courts in Cancun and just the whole oh, it gets situation. <laughs> Cancun's still catching yeah. strays even <laughs> after they've packed up the court. Um, so, you know, despite my boots on the ground here, I, I did somehow miss that fact yesterday. I'm, I'm, I'm very sorry, Tennis Podcast listeners, but I did... I did learn that today, so I was able to put that to Yaroslava Shvedova, the Kazakhstan captain, in the press conference and just try and get a little bit more information. I must say, a Slovenian journalist who I am enjoying very much in the press conferences because he's very blunt and very to the point, got in there a little bit before me and, and said... Uh, hi, I'm I'm Yuri from Slovenian newspaper. And why didn't Elena Rabatkina play today? And Shvedova said, <laughs> <laughs> Shvedova said, we're using our secret weapons. And then the journalist said, so are you keeping it a secret again for tomorrow? And she said, we'll see. He said, is it an option that she will play tomorrow? And Shvedova said, anything can happen. So I wasn't I wasn't too uh, sort of convinced by these answers from Shvedova. So I said, please sort of give us some more detail on Rabatkina, what is what is happening. And she said, again, she she blamed Cancun. She said, everyone in Cancun, pretty much, who played there and traveled here has ended up injured or unwell after that tournament. She's one of those. She's struggling with her back. Hopefully it's going to heal soon. Uh, but it doesn't sound convincing to me that she's in a fit state to play this this tournament. Um, now, whether whether it's an injury from a sort of accumulation of travel, I'm not quite sure. Like that that could be it, I suppose. This sort of having to come over here, sudden change of conditions, and maybe the sort of adaptation process is needed. It, it does sound to me like it's maybe that kind of injury. Um, I did speak to the Kazakhstan sort of press team that are here for the Federation and uh, I, it wasn't a, wasn't a brilliant conversation. I said, how is Rebekkina's back? He said, very bad. I said, so presumably won't play tomorrow. And he said, oh, maybe which wasn't my definition of, of, of very bad if, if being able to play tomorrow is an option. So I think, look, I think we're all slightly in the dark about it. They're keeping their cards close to their chest, everyone in the Kazakhstan team. But that's the reason she wasn't playing today, for sure. She's got a back niggle and it's a race against time to try and be fit for tomorrow. And I'm not saying that's not legit. Our uh, our outrage at at what the players that are playing in in both events are having to to put themselves through in order to do that is is well documented. But Storm Sanders today <laughs> did make a little bit of a mockery of all that, didn't she? Yes, uh, she 
just continues to be an incredible uh, player for Australia at these Billie Jean King Cup finals. She's now won, she's now won eight of her ten matches at the Billie Jean King Cup finals across singles and doubles. And you know, if you go back a couple of years, Storm Hunter was. Ranked, ranked well outside the world's top 100. She wasn't even that much of a factor in doubles either. And the way she has built her doubles career all the way up to being the world number one now and has become an extremely reliable player in singles as well for Australia is pretty incredible. And yeah, she she did double duty today for Australia. She managed to win her singles match and then combine with Ellen Perez, who also had, had come over from Cancun, the sort of Cancun duo there. Goodness knows what, what, what sort of time zone they're on, but they managed to win the decisive match and, and get the win for Australia in that tie, even though it does, you know, it, it wasn't enough to, to mean that Australia can qualify for the semifinals. But I think there was some real significance to it because you know, it's going to be Alicia Mollick's last tie as, as captain. And they really wanted to go out with a win for her. And Storm Hunter was, was very emotional in the press conference, you know, just thinking about the fact that it was Mollick's last tie. She was, she was very pleased to get that win. And yeah, just an absolutely extraordinary effort from, uh, from Storm Hunter and Ellen Perez. And, and I do have a good update on Storm Hunter's luggage which we know that she lost um, during her journey from Cancun to Seville. And it was brought to her on Tuesday by <laughs> Laura Siegemund, <laughs> who was also making the journey from Cancun to Seville. <laughs> she saw it at the airport, thought it was her bag. Find it at Madrid went... Airport or something. <laughs> She saw it at the airport, thought it was her bag, and when she looked at the label, she realised it was Storm, Sander, uh, Storm Hunter's bag. So she texted her and said, shall I bring it to the hotel? <laughs> at, w- at what point, Matt? Because going into this tie, Australia, it was still live and relevant to Australia, and yet at the end of it, by the time that they'd won the tie, it had become redundant. Mm. <laughs> what What happened? <laughs> At what point did it become redundant? <laughs> Round robin happened. It's bloody rubbish. You'll you'll get your moment, David. <laughs> yeah, so what happened was basically they needed to win convincingly. You know, they needed to win, you know. So you so Yulia Putin Saver happened. Yeah, basically. Um they needed to be And and just before David is it gets on his soapbox. Please explain. On a number of levels, she happened. What Yulia what <laughs> Putin Saver did today. <laughs> so, yeah. Well, she did exactly what she told you she was going to do. Exactly. I mean, I thought it was the worst interview I'd ever done, but it actually got all the material that I needed because Yulia Putin Saver said she was feeling great and that she was going to play great. And that was exactly what happened in that first set, which she won six love, only losing nine points. Uh, and that basically, and coupled with the fact that Putin Saver went on to win that match against Kim Birrell, that basically put Australia out of it. You know, they needed to be winning in straight sets. They kind of needed to be winning 3-0 and because they'd been beaten 
in the singles matches very handily by the Slovenians the other day. So if you like, their goal difference was bad and they needed to start making that up. And and Putin Saver really did put pay to that. But it was a sort of classic Putin Saver match in many ways. You know, she was brilliant in that first set, but then the second set got got much tighter and Putin Saver at one point slammed her racket down. She um, did an apology and then started laughing immediately afterwards as as if to say that she really wasn't meaning the apology whatsoever. And yeah, it was just it was just a good win for her. And I had a little chat with Kim Birrell afterwards, which couldn't have been more different to my chat with Putin Saver the other day because Kim Birrell was absolutely lovely and just really, really nice. But I did really sort of come away from the from the interview and the match today thinking, yeah, you know, we all, we all need a Kim Birrell in our lives, but Putin Saver really is the sort of person I want on my team in these, in these situations. She's a, she's a great fighter and competitor and you, you have to give that to her. So Australia are are out, which, which really given that by that point, they were already out really underlines the effort from Storm Sanders and Ellen Perez to still win that doubles to find the motivation to win that doubles doing it for for Alicia Mollick and in her last ever Billie Jean King Cup tie Kazakhstan will face off with Slovenia for a semi-final place to play Italy in the semi-finals who were already through we'll come on to that tie in a moment uh Italy are through in their group which means that Germany and France are out before they play uh, what will now be a dead tie. There will be another dead tie between Poland and Spain who are out, Canada having gone through already in their group with their two wins. There's a lot of dead tennis, meaningless tennis coming up over over the next 24 hours and I'm not looking forward to it. it it's, it's, it's not going to end up being a great advert for... Round robin tennis, this is it, and it's all taking place on centre court. <laughs> the two dead matches tomorrow are on centre court, and the two live matches tomorrow are on court one. And they can't change that. I asked and got, uh, I, I, I got a no that that won't be changing. Right, David, you're on. <laughs> Off you go. I mean, what's all that about? What an absolute joke. I'm I'm sorry. Round robin tennis is the VAR of ten- tennis. You have these situations where somebody scores a goal, or in the case of Storm Sanders, she fights her heart out to win singles and doubles, and she's celebrating like she's really achieved something, and then it turns out, oh, it's all for nothing. What's the point? What's the point in winning? What have knockout? Everybody knows where they stand. Everybody has to put everything into that little microcosm of opportunity. Uh, But if you win, you win. If you lose, you go home. This is nonsense. This business of just trying to work out, is it worth me trying my very hardest at the moment because the mathematics are going to allow it for me to still go through? Or, Or should I just... It's just... That's not sport to me. That is not sport. And... I love this competition for many reasons, but I'm so frustrated. It's I kind of feel like it's amplified and magnified all the more 
in the in these competitions than it even is at the the, the WTA and ATP Tour Finals. That it just doesn't work. It doesn't work as a as a mechanism for creating excitement and clarity and storytelling and narrative. It doesn't work. Change it. Go knockout. I know. I understand that you may have one bad performance and you've lost a team. Well. Laura Sigmund's turned up, and I don't think she's even got to play before she's out, from what I understand. And I just think Th- that's it's... Ten- that's that's not something alien to tennis players, though, is it? One bad performance and you're out. That's that's the yeah, sport, I, 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 usually. That, that I understand that, that round-robin is popular amongst tournament promoters because you feel you can guarantee, like the ATP Finals draw has been made today, hasn't it? And they can guarantee three times that... Novak Djokovic will be on the schedule and they can play. I understand all that, but blimey. The other tournaments seem to cope, don't they? (laughs) The ones with knockouts every week. And it's so much more satisfactory as a just a mental approach to watching the sport. Stop this nonsense. Matt, Matt, have you you got a, a pithy explanation for why the Billie Jean King Cup finals is round robin, or at least partially round robin, and the Davis Cup finals isn't, or isn't any longer. Um, the, the the switch of the Davis Cup finals format seems to be an ad- admission that it it's it's not good enough. It's got too many too many flaws in it. So why is the Billie Jean King Cup languishing with the the flawed format? Well, I think I'm right in saying that the Davis Cup just does its round robin earlier in the year. You know, we've had the Davis Cup round robin just a month or so ago in those in those qualifiers that take place in uh, September after the US Open, where you get four round robins um, and then they determine the final eight. So there's sort of an extra stage of the Davis Cup competition, whereas the Billie Jean King Cup is a load of qualifiers earlier on in the season, and that determines the 12 um, who are here at the Billie Jean King Cup final. So they sort of miss a stage with the Billie Jean King Cup. So I think that's that's the reason. That's that's what's different. Uh, the, the new look Davis Cup does have a round robin, it's just not in the finals. And I think, um, I agree. I think the Davis Cup finals format that we saw for the first time last year and that we'll see again in in a couple of weeks in Malaga worked better for the finals. The fact that it was knockout straight away and we knew exactly where we stood. Um, so, yeah, that's potentially something for the Billie Jean King Cup to to change so that the finals is knockout because I agree that is that is better. Life is full of awesome what ifs and some not so much, like unexpected medical costs. That's why United Healthcare provides Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans to supplement your primary plan and help manage out of pocket costs. Learn more at uh1.com. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number smart beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. 
J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition smart bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. This edition of the Tennis Podcast is sponsored by Tennis Channel, and Tennis Channel Plus is the place to watch the French Open. They've got every court live, and you can watch on your phone or on your smart TV in HD. Sounds great. There's genuinely nothing I like more than watching multiple courts with matches everywhere. And can I just sit and watch court shows in Longland all day? You sure can, David. Wherever the stories are, the rivalries emerge and the generations clash, you can watch it all with daily live coverage beginning on Monday, May the 20th. Be there when it happens by subscribing to Tennis Channel Plus to stream daily coverage of Roland Garros. Use promo code TENNISPOD20 for 20% off your annual subscription. So, uh, Italy will play the winner of tomorrow's match between Kazakhstan and Slovenia. Italy, having gone through courtesy of their second win of the tournament, they beat Germany today uh, three rubbers to nothing. Martina Trevisan beat uh, the talented young German Ava Lees in straight sets. Jasmine Paolini continues to make a fool of David. She beat Annalena Friedsam. 6-3-6-2, and they won the doubles, Bronzetti and Cocciaretto, 6-4-6-7-11-9. So that puts Germany out of the competition um, on on their first day of competition. Uh, they'll still have to play a dead tie against France tomorrow. But uh, Italy, very worthy semi-finalists, Matt. Yes, absolutely. I, I've, been, I've been very impressed with Italy. Um, I wasn't sure whether whether Tatiana Garbin would go with Martina Trevisan again because she played so much tennis yesterday, but she she put her faith back in her and, and sort of trusted that she would be able to deliver again. And Trevisan came up with, for me, the quote of the day uh, to describe sort of how she managed to win that match today, even though she was feeling very tired this morning. She said, when the legs don't, she said, when the legs work less, the heart works more. And, you know, that, that quote in an Italian accent really sort of got me and sort of did, did describe what she's like as a tennis player. So she was, she was absolutely immense. Then Paolini thrashed Annalena Friedsam. And in the end, it was quite a um, comfortable day for Italy. And Garbine, the captain, is is fantastic in the press conference room. Um, she just has an ability to get across such meaning and emotion with her words and and the way she says it. And she was saying just something very interesting about the way that she took over this Italian Billie Jean King Cup team in, in 2017. And that was the same time that Trevisan and Paolini came into the team. And Cocciaretto was just a year later. And I, I hadn't realized that those players had been around in Billie Jean King Cup for quite so long. And she was talking about the fact that they've totally taken this step-by-step approach and they've really trusted the process. And, and she said, right now, these days, we're the Amazon generation. We want everything now. We want, you know, we don't want to have to wait for anything. 
And that kind of made me think a little bit about some of the conversations we've had about another Italian, Yannick Sinner, and the sort of way that he has sort of really trusted the process and, you know, put faith in his sort of long-term approach to the sport. I just sort of noticed the sort of similarity there. And there's this incredible chemistry amongst the Italian players. They've all, as I said, been on this team together now for four, five, six years. And each year they've just got that that little bit better. And now they've found themselves in the semifinals for the first time in almost 10 years. And Paolini herself said that before this week, she didn't really like playing Billie Jean King Cup that much because she felt she felt an, an immense pressure from all the people in her team. She said, I wasn't able to use that positively. I, I felt almost burdened by it. But something has clicked this week and she's able to use that support positively and, and, and she's playing absolutely brilliant tennis. Um, so I sort of then picked up on all this sort of step-by-step idea and said, well, how do you balance that with the fact that now you're through to the semifinals? You know, are you satisfied or do you want more? You know, because, you know, there comes a point where, yes, you're pleased with the sort of step-by-step process, but sometimes you have to just grab the opportunity in front of you. And Garbine again said, we're happy, but we're not satisfied because we do want more. We always want more, but they are happy. And she said, we always celebrate our victories, you know, because you have to, because otherwise it just feels like something normal. And she said, it's not normal. We've reached the semifinals for the first time in 10 years. We're happy. We're celebrating. I walk past the Italian team locker room and I can confirm lots of celebrations going on. They're the team that I would want to be part of. They are having the best time at this tournament. All sorts of singing and dancing. What, what, singing and dancing. I was, I was going to say, what do the celebrations look like? Are we talking about Taylor Fritz and his morose <laughs> Labour Cup cigar? Or are we talking, you know, just uh, wholesome hugs? Uh, definitely more the latter, I believe. I mean, the door was closed, right. but I could, I could hear the, you know, the music pumping. What kind of music? It was pop songs. Very specific, Matt. Well done. Mm. I, I must say, I didn't. Like the <laughs> I didn't know the song. Music. <laughs> yeah. Pop songs. Uh, David, you had things to say about Italy. Well, I, I thought that I think they've been just brilliant all week long. They, they've been the team of the tournament so far, and uh, those those two players in particular. I mean, look, Jasmine, I'm saying round, round Robin's rubbish. Jasmine Barlini's saying, no, you're rubbish. All right? Um, because you wrote me off. Uh, Wait she doesn't she even know the I blind date but, story, um, <laughs> but I mean, she is, I'm so delighted that she's proving me wrong because I think she's, she's a good watch just because of the body language, the how, the how into it she is. The same with Trevor San, you know. Nightmare to play these two. If you're if you're mm. not on a quick court, if you can't knock them off the court, you're going to have an unpleasant time because they're just going to keep on getting balls back. And that, I, do, I mean, I don't know what the whether the players have said anything, Matt. It looks quite dead that court to me. It feels like you've got to do an awful lot of work. It to, looks slow to hit it? winners and. You know they're just they're just rallying and rallying, and rallying. There was one rally that um, Trevisan played. I mean, she was playing uh, Lise from Germany, who has that that gorgeous backhand, and and really was 
penetrating the, the courts, it seemed when the ball was going through the air, you thought, wow, that is a sweet strike. And she would get hold of rallies and she would have streaks and, and win points. But there was one towards the end where Trevisan just kept on getting these balls back and eventually just turned the tables. And, and that's how she wins her tennis matches. You know, she's an awkward lefty as it is, but she can just absorb. And yeah, it suits them. And their attitude is helping them win matches. So you, you you can you can see it on the court, going in perfect harmony with what you describe off the court. I feel. Mm. Yeah, absolutely. Dave, David's trying to um, kiss up to the Italians, isn't he? <laughs> we see we see <laughs> right through you, David. Um, before we get on to the evening ties, <laughs> the right. now customary discussion about lunch. Matt marks out a ten for day three. Really poor today. Really bad. Uh, three out of ten. Three out of ten. Worst day yet. S- service oh, or food quality. Food quality. I had. I mean, and we talked yesterday about my love for chicken, and it was it was chicken croquetas, which I wouldn't normally oh, I wouldn't great. normally choose, but it was really the only thing that I I vaguely fancied, and it was a poor choice it was bad it was really bad i didn't i didn't go to the restaurant for dinner they um they brought they brought baguettes <laughs> they brought baguettes into the media In room perhaps, perhaps words getting round perhaps i'm having influence perhaps words getting round that that the food is not good and 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 they took pity on us tonight in the in the press room and brought us baguettes and that was that was preferable he's turned on chicken folks <laughs> but but I should say... Who, who knows what the next three days hold? <laughs> I should say the best food thing that happened today was was an extraordinary moment where I was, where I was presented with a peace offering. I, I was coming on to this match. Carry on. <laughs> I was walking out of the centre court and I was, I was stopped by, by a lovely woman brandishing Kazakhstan chocolate. And she said, this is an apology on behalf of Yulia Pusintseva. <laughs> <laughs> An official one, or just just in I general, think the latter. Half of the country. And, uh... <laughs> so when parents go around sort of quietly <laughs> apologising for the behaviour of their children <laughs> at parties and stuff. Hmm. So yeah, I'm, I'm now I'm now the owner of some of a lovely bar of Kazakhstan chocolate. We love that. Um, the the match that you were stopped uh, as you were leaving from was. Um, Am I right in in thinking it was the Golibich Kenin match Correct. of the USA Switzerland tie, which was I knew you'd be watching that. It was a good backhand situation mm. out there that match. Match of the day, probably. Yes, I think so. Uh, one of the best matches of the tournament so far, I would say. Uh, almost three hours. Um, I didn't get to see as much of it as I would like. I was I was writing at the time through. Through quite a lot of it, I, I know David watched it. I think maybe more closely than I did, but um, it looked like it was going to be done in in straight sets. Kenin was in was in total control. I believe she even had a couple of match points in that second set, serving for it. But then, but then the Golubich backhand and the rest of her game started firing. Gol- um, Kenin was. Seemed seemed to be struggling physically. She she took some pills. She had uh, her her sort of forearm and wrist. I'm not exactly sure. Sort of looked at and seen to, 
but then an incredible effort from her to to sort of retake the momentum and and end up winning the match it was it was sort of some of the best of both players really it was it it, it was a real treat to watch yeah it was uh, it, it it was a set and five three actually to to Kenan when it started to turn around and uh i d- i I was watching it and trying to work out. I wonder how much of this is is pain, physical pain, and how much of it is anxiety. Because she did look like she was getting tense, and I think it almost manif- it's, it might have even manifested itself in pain. I mean, that's not to say she didn't have injury or, or, or something like that, but but she seemed quite quite on edge, and uh, and it, it was it was fun to watch that that one go back and forth. But I'm only judging body language here, but I felt like. Kathy Rinaldi did an excellent job of sort of nurturing Kenin to the finish line a little there, you know, because I think Kenin is a player who who suffers from anxiety on, on the court and gets really wound up sometimes. And Rinaldi just wasn't having it. You know, she was just quietly supportive um, in her face, but in a, in a comforting way, but also a sort of, right, go and get it now. You know, it was... It just felt like she was pushing all the right buttons, really, psychologically. And I think that was quite quite big for Kenan because there she is. You know, she's been entrusted with this singles berth. Um, Daniel Collins has won the first one. You've got on the s- sidelines, you've got a US Open champion in Sloane Stevens, And you've got Taylor Townsend who can play good singles if she needs to as well. And Kenan's been entrusted with this. If she'd have lost that, I think that could have been tough. And... She didn't lose it. She was able to win it, hug the captain, and then go and do high tens with all of her team and everything like that. And I just felt like that was a good that was a good scene. And 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 I'm quite, you know, I don't I don't care who wins really, but I sort of I worry for her a little bit occasionally. And I and I'm pleased to see that she was she did it for the team and they they responded mm. to her like that. And it, it now brings up the prospect Switzerland are out. And we have a playoff, essentially between, uh, essentially a knockout, David, between the USA oh, well, and Czechia how about that? Uh, for the chance to play Canada in the semi-finals. Yes, please to this one. I feel like this is what the week so far is is needing. This tie, this moment, this you know, this being a knockout match. It, unfortunately, it's. It's going to be happening at the same time as a as a dead tie on the on the centre court. That's a, that's a bit of a bummer, um, but it's happening. And the winner, the prize is that the winner gets to play Canada in the semi-finals, and that's because Canada followed up their victory yesterday over Spain, came back just hours later. Um, and beat Poland. I've written down to love because we're in that situation again where the doubles is still happening. It is entirely immaterial. So it might end up being 2-1, might end up being 3-love. But uh, the most important thing you need to know is that Canada won their two singles ties. Marina Stakusic, who we introduced you and ourselves to yesterday, beat Magdalena Freck 4-6-7-5-6-3 and Leila Fernandez not all that long ago polished off Magdalenette in two straight sets. And 
you know, all, all due respect to Poland, who are obviously just so... It's just such a blow for them. Iga Świątek felt unable to play, and I, I respect that. She... All other things being equal, she wanted to play, but she felt like it was too much, and I get it. Um, but I am I'm pleased that Canada are going to feature in the latter stages of this tournament. Yeah, totally. They've been well. They've been one of the stories of of the week, really. I would say because Stakusic coming from sort of nowhere to have a couple of, of wins now against players ranked, I think, both in the 60s that she's beaten, which is just an in, incredible step up for her. She's now won nine matches in a row indoors. And I think today was almost doubly impressive because, you know, honestly, I thought, well, you know, is she going to possibly be able to back that up, you know, and, and play that well again the next day? And she was struggling in this match. She was down a set and a break to Magdalena Freck. It looked like she was going to lose. And she had the resilience and the fight to completely turn the match on its head and play the sort of tennis she played yesterday. She played again today, but in much, in much higher pressure moments. You know, it was quite easy for her yesterday because, you know, it was so one-sided. But today it was tight. And she, and she managed to play well. It was it was extraordinary. And then Leila Fernandez, as we discussed yesterday, if she's anything close to her 2021 US Open self, she's she's one of the best things in in tennis. And she's been really, really good in her in her couple of matches here. And yeah, this is the this is only the second time ever and the first time since 1988 that Canada have been in the semifinals of the Billie Jean King Cup. And what's quite interesting about that is back in 1988, it was the format of the competition was such that it was all held in one place. All of the tournament in 1988 took place uh, at uh, Flinders Park in, in Melbourne. And it wasn't until 1995 that the, that the home and away format came in to be, to, you know, to make it more like the Davis Cup. But yeah, when it when it started out and, and certainly in 1988 when Canada reached the semis, it was kind of like it is now, all, all being held in one place. But crucial difference, it was knockout and not, uh, not round robin. Wow, love that. Mm. Learn yeah. from the past. <laughs> yeah. um, so Canada through, uh, they have no remaining ties to play. This is what we still have in the group the round robin stages for you on Friday day four of the Billie Jean King Cup the final day David of round robin tennis it's all well until Sunday <laughs> when the ATP final starts uh, but, but it, for a brief time it's ending it's ending at the end of tomorrow uh, we have Czechia against the USA and that is a decisive tie and it's it's the tie of the day tomorrow. I can't wait. Uh, Kazakhstan against Slovenia with the potential for possible maybe Rabatkina. Um, I like the sort of air of mystery that's being created around that with the caginess of the, uh, of, well, of Yaroslav Shvedova and the whole Kazakhstan team. So Kazakhstan-Slovenia is a decisive tie. And then we have the two utterly, completely totally corpse-like dead ties, Spain against Poland and France against Germany. But that's a shame 
that those two are happening and they're happening on centre court. That is a terrible shame. But the two ties that we do have should be great, shouldn't they? Yes, hundred percent. Yeah, I'm pumped, uh, big time. It's good. It's good. It's going to be. It's going to be a a good day overall. We've just got to ignore the the rubbish ones. <laughs> yeah, well said. Um, well, that's coming up tomorrow. On day four of the Billie Jean King Cup finals, we'll be back, of course, with another podcast. Um, I have one more agenda item for you, though, before we wrap this one up. It's about socks, folks. Don't all tune out. I have an exciting sock announcement. What are the best kind of socks, David? Free socks. Free socks. socks. Free high-quality socks are absolutely <laughs> the best kind. And you can get free socks from the Tennis Podcast Shop. Uh, starting tomorrow at 9am, that's Friday the 10th of November at 9am and running until midnight Sunday the da, 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 12th of November. The Tennis Podcast Shop will be providing a free pair of bamboo socks uh, and I, I have a big collection of bamboo socks that I wear for dog walking and they are excellent. A uh, free pair of bamboo socks with every order of £25 and over. So you can get yourself a lovely item of Tennis Podcast merch and free socks. Just Google Tennis Podcast Shop or click on Shop from the Tennis Podcast website and choose what you want to buy. We've got T-shirts, sweatshirts and hoodies with the Tennis Podcast on the front uh, and various items within the mix on the boat or I Love Tennis on the front. We have lots of different sizes and colours, all of which at various different times have been modelled by both my parents. Um, so let us know if you want, you know, modelling photos. So we can send privately. Uh, go and have a look. And then <laughs> that was weird, wasn't it? No one's going to send me DMs asking for pictures of my parents. Unfortunately, um, I think Go and have might. a look. <laughs> <laughs> the code you need is Socky. S O C K Y. It's written here in all caps. I don't know whether the caps are crucial, but just to be safe, pop your caps lock on. Socky is the code. S O C K Y. Pop that in at the checkout to get yourself that free pair of socks between 9 a.m. Friday UK time and midnight Sunday. And that's it for day three of the Billie Jean King Cup Finals, except for our housekeeping. And that is to say that my mascot is Xenia. Hello, Xenia. David's is Maisie. And Matt is Darwin. Billie Jean is currently in custody of of, uh, Matt and Millie. Hello, Billie Jean. I thought it was quiet. And it's sponsored by Billie Jean King and Alana Kloss. Uh, we have our top folks and executive producers. I'm going to mix up the order again. Drew, Jamie and Hannah. Hello to you. Ooh. And we have shout outs, Matt. We do have shout outs. We have a special shout out section today. Only two shout outs because these two have to be together. This is a shout out for Matthew Moffitt and Lynn Rasmussen who newsletter subscribers and readers will know are taking us on at predictions this year. And one of my very favourite things of 2023 has been watching the growing friendship of Matthew and Lynn. Uh, We have a WhatsApp group and I, I genuinely think they are lifelong friends now and I love being in a WhatsApp group with them. They're friends of mine now and I met Matthew at the US Open 
I cannot wait for Matthew and Lynn to meet. I can't wait to meet Lynn myself. Yeah, they're just great people. They've been great sort of addition to my life in in 2023. And uh, yeah, I I had to give them a shout out together because I think of them together. I am I'm on the verge of tears. <laughs> That was so lovely. That was lovely. I quoted oh, a Dogs Trust advert earlier, Matt. Marvelous. I'm not feeling uh, emotionally strong <laughs> enough for shout-outs like that. Matthew like Matthew <laughs> Roberts and Lynn like... Oh, You've got to come up with one or I'll do an Alan Partridge <laughs> gag that nobody understands, David. <laughs> Lynn. Lynn. I pierced my foot on a spine. Okay, that works. <laughs> I gave you a chance, David. Anyone got any tennis lins? No. Hey, I've got one. Yeah. Lin Manuel Miranda. Lin Manuel Miranda. <laughs> tennis podcast Hello, listener, Lynn. folks. Hello to both the lins. Uh, also composer and. <laughs> poor, old Lin, poor old Lin Manuel Miranda pew. came after Lin from Alan Partridge. <laughs> As it should be, iconic, iconic comedy <laughs> character. Right before I stop, Miranda and Blind Date, legends. Um, thank you very much for listening, folks. We're loving doing these pods. I am still reeling from tonight's revelations. I need, I need a little Same. bit of time to process. Quite frankly, I'm sure you do too. Um, before or after packing? Yeah, haven't haven't packed for Turin yet. Uh, my flight is in fifteen hours time. Bags of time. Bags of time. <laughs> just don't sleep and you'll be fine. Yes. I I'm usually good with packing, but I just I couldn't face it. I'm, I mean, I'm going to have to face it, or I'll be wearing the same pants for ten days. But I. I up to now, I have not been able to face it, but I, I will, folks. I will. I've got, I've got standards. Uh, on that note, thank you for listening. As always, tell your friends, leave us a review, follow <laughs> us on Instagram. We'll speak to you tomorrow. 